You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat to Michael Bumpus who bounces off a of one tackler, gets inside the 40 down to the 35-yard line. Powered by Seahawks.com. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Now, here's your host, Nasa Choby. For the second straight week, it's a victory Monday here at the Virginia Mason Athletic Center as the Seahawks beat the Chargers 37-23 to on the road down at SoFi Stadium. It was a great game, won in all phases by the Seahawks offense, defense, special teams. But like we do every week, we get inside the trenches with our guy, Ray Roberts. It's time to go inside the trenches with former Seahawk, Ray Roberts. Ray, this clearly, to me at least, was the Seahawks' most impressive win this season on the road, taking down a good Chargers team, 37-23. Last week, it seemed like the defense really stepped up, but this week, it seemed like it was way more balanced. Uh, what stood out to you the most from this week's game? Well, I think that the one thing that stood out is like what you just said in the opening. It was two, you know, second week in a row with a win, which is awesome. We talked about last week about not going win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. And then when I watched the tape, man, it's just like, it was like a whole team, every dude effort. And uh, the way the defense played, like they played much more. The defensive line, you know, even though Puna Ford may have had like a, a small stat line, his impact was different because he and the, and uh, Jefferson and Monet and Woods, they all played on the other side of the, on the offensive side of the line of scrimmage pretty much the whole day. So even though they weren't, they may not have had like a ton of sacks, but the pocket was collapsing on a, a quarterback that was trying to throw the ball. They had, I think they had three tip passes in three or four sacks. So uh, just their uh, aggression and more of attacking mode on defense uh, just allowed for a lot of guys to be part of the action yesterday. Ray, I continue to be impressed by this offensive line. So far, they got up against Bradley Chubb. You got Bosa. Uh, this week, it was Khalil Mack. And it seems like uh, every week they, they rise to the occasion. Cam Jordan a couple weeks ago. Um, is it safe to say these guys are, are selling in? Obviously, there's always more to learn and, and more um, to prove every every week, week in, week out. But um, overall, man, I'm extremely impressed by this offensive line, these tackles in general. Anything you saw? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the, the thing that I like that I'm starting to see is Damian Lewis, I think, is starting to – round in to the guy that we thought he was going to be like during uh, the game. He just seemed more connected with the guys he was blocking. Sometimes you get into a block, you go two or three steps and you kind of fall off. And then that defender has a chance to kind of step back into the hole and stop the run for like a two or three yard gain. Whereas yesterday he was creating nice running lanes, driving his guy off the ball, three or four or five yards. And so that goes well for the center because the better he plays, the better the center is going to play. And then, you know, and then the, the uh, you know, even though Jake came in for Phil and Phil was replacing Gabe, uh, that, that position held up well. So they were getting a lot of push. And when you're running these, these zone type plays, you need to have push in the middle to help create the lanes for the running back to pick. And, and you know, whether he wants to go on the front side, a gap or the back side, a gap or right up the middle, or he wants to bounce to the outside. And if you watch yesterday, uh, um, uh, Kenneth Walker III had opportunities to do all of those things 
on all the different runs, you know, and like the 74 yard run was beautiful, but like some of those four and five yard runs and those eight or nine yard runs were just as beautiful because of the way the blocking was happening. Even looking at um, a Charles Cross, like he just seems to have this game was probably the most physical I've seen him in the running game trying to finish blocks, being three and four or five yards down the field, trying to finish blocks, getting up to the second level. You know, Big Abe is just Big Abe. He, you know, the very, one of the very first runs in the game, uh, you know, he had a, he put a guy on his back. And then I think it's really hard to speak about this offensive line if you don't include those three tight ends. Because those three tight ends were blocking their butts off this past week. Uh, the 74-yard the, the run, was a run that they had that they uh, the same play they ran earlier in the first quarter that picked up eight or nine to ten yards and uh, Walker cut it up inside versus bouncing to the outside. The second time he bounced it to the outside and uh, Parkinson had two blocks on that play. He helped Bisley with his block and then he ran up the field and got the safety, which then opened the door for uh, Kenneth Walker to to break the seventy four yard touchdown run. So it's really hard to include the offensive line and their ability in the run game without including the, the tight ends. And you can say that the same for the passing game because Dino keeps making them a priority to go to, especially on tight ends day. Ray, you mentioned Ken Walker. Obviously, we'll take it back to the draft party in April. You called it. You were very excited. You thought the Seahawks would get after Ken Walker. They end up drafting him. Obviously, he's having a ton of success. 168 yards rushing, two touchdowns on Sunday. Now, when you watch him, what's the most impressive thing about his game and did you think it would take a little longer to see the type of success we're seeing? Uh, you know what? I, I thought, you know, originally, you know, obviously they, they had Rashard Penny and that he was Rashard Penny, that he was going to be the kind of the, the two punch to the one punch. And so it was going to be given time to kind of find his way and figure out the offense and how to run and all that. But uh, this dude was ready to go, you know. And the thing I like about him is that, you know, they were trying to make comparisons to him uh, in the game. And the, the one thing, in this, and I'm not calling Barry Sanders, but the one thing that Barry could do was cut laterally and then explode vertically faster than you could make, the defense can make the adjustment. And and Kenneth has those same types of qualities. Like he can, his lateral movement and, and the way that he can make people miss in the hole and then all of a sudden take one step and he's at full speed and he, he can gain eight or nine yards. So he can, you know, slow play the, that outside run. And then when he gets the shoulders vertical, he's, takes off and he's, he's running down the field. So his ability to go from horizontal to vertical faster than the defender can make that adjustment uh, is one of the things that's impressive to me. And that's why he probably leads the league and uh, causing the most missed tackles because the, the guy, it's just really hard to get to the ground. He has great lateral movement, great lat, you know, footwork, and then he can take one step and be full speed through the hole. So that's the thing that's impressive about him to me. Ray, we saw this defense contain Austin Eckler in the Chargers run game as a whole, only 53 yards on the ground. Next week, you got Saquon Barkley uh, coming into Lumen. Obviously, he presents a different challenge, more of a downhill runner than Austin Eckler. Um, do you feel like this defense will be able to contain the talents of this young man from Penn State? Yeah, I think as long as the defensive line, uh, all of them are uh, engaging the stat book, I mean, you think about yesterday, Jefferson made plays, Adams made plays, Tony Ford made plays, Al Woods made plays, uh, uh, Nuosu made plays, Daryl Taylor made plays, you know, like uh, Mafe made plays, you know, Bruce Irvin had some tackles. You know, as long as that whole complement of players are playing on the offensive side of the line of scrimmage, and then with Saquon Barkley, you have to rally to the ball. 
he's a, he's a guy like he, he runs different than Barry, but usually the first guy is not going to bring him down. Or even when that first guy has a good hit on him, he has a way of slipping off, keeping his balance, whatever, and picking up another five or six yards or spinning off and taking it to the house. So it's going to be important that they uh, – that they. Uh, I've heard this, this saying on, on the college football this week, but they populate to the football, which means that they need to get a lot of people there because that dude can break it and you think that he's down and he's still going. So uh, that's going to be important for them this week. Ray, I'll leave you with this. I know – we're really close to this team. Obviously, we've been around and cover them throughout the year, from training camp to mini camps to the regular season. Now, everyone and their moms outside of this building in this area thought the Seahawks were not going to be good. They were saying they're only going to win maybe five games this year. I've seen you on Twitter because you can't you can't <laughs> not engage. But going back on everyone who talked about whether it's Geno or Pete Carroll not knowing quarterbacks or Pete Carroll not knowing what he's doing to what they're doing on the field now. When you see that kind of stuff, and you kind of knew this was going to be the case from the jump, where do you think this team's ceiling can go? Obviously, it's still early in the year, but now obviously it seems like every time I turn on the TV, the Seahawks are now the new hottest thing all of a sudden. We've like we've been telling you this the whole time. So what do you think the ceiling of this team can be this year? No, I, I really think if Geno and the offense just keeps every week, they some element of the game gives better. So this week, you know, Godwin was the guy with two touchdowns. You know, and, and then uh, Tyler was doing his same old thing. DK went out the game. And before, you would think, like, man, DK out the game, well, we're going to struggle. Like, we're going to be have a hard time moving the ball. Or they're, they're going to be able to, to isolate on, on uh, Tyler and take him out. Who else is going to step up? But, man, you have to be willing to shut down all three of the different uh, skill sets that tight ends have, the speed that Godwin has. The Esprit is trying to work his, his way uh, into it. You have, you know, uh, uh, Tyler doing his thing and then you have the running backs out of the backfield. And then Gino is just dropping dimes. Like I know I keep, I try to make the comparison of him being a Mark Jackson instead of a, a Steph Curry, but I think he's somewhere in between there. Cause he's not just a Mark Jackson is just kind of distributing the ball. This dude is making plays. And then if you look at how the defense has come on in the last couple of weeks, and some people can say, like, well, Arizona, you know, didn't have their whole bunch of injuries and this, that, nothing. But it was important for this defense to see themselves executing this defense and having success with it. Because then that breeds confidence. You kind of go, okay, this is how we, this is how I'm supposed to play that. This is what it looks like when coaches asking me to wrong shoulder this or get to the outside or set the edge, set the edge or whatever. And so then you follow that up last week, you know, this past week with a guy like, um, uh, the, the running back that they have for the Chargers. And uh, and he's a tough – Eckler is a tough tackle. He's a tough dude to get down in the passing game and in the running game, and they did a great job doing that. So I think with all of that progress and all of these things get better, and I think, you know, obviously the second half of the season can be different, but I think they're going to be different. So I could see them winning the NFC West. I just think they're that good, you know, and it's wide open. And if I look at how wide open it is and how teams are playing – and then who the coaches are, I'm taking the Seahawks every time because the team is playing really, really well. And to me, Pete Carroll still doesn't get – when people start still kind of trying to highlight what he does as a coach that's so great, that just means that they haven't been paying attention and then because he's been doing it from day one. And so uh, I'll take Pete and, and a good Seahawks football team over any of the other teams and coaches in the division. Ray, to speak that into existence, dog. I'm I'm here oh. for it. I'm telling you, I'm gonna put this out there. Me and Bob are gonna put this out there because <laughs> come January, win the NFC West. I'm gonna tell you, hey man, Ray told us on October 24th. He already knew about it. So Ray, 
Every week, we appreciate it. Hopefully, we're talking to you next Monday after another Seahawks win, man. Yes, sir. You guys have a good one. Appreciate it. Thanks, See you, Ray. Peace. See, what had happened at first was... <laughs> what happened was... What had happened was... On Hawk Talk. Um, we've talked about this a couple times. Over the years, Seahawks used to struggle a little bit at the beginning. As we know, you can't win the game till the fourth quarter. You know what I'm saying? Things get it figured out in the second half. Well, not today. Not on Sunday, I mean. The no, Seahawks sir. got after it right from the jump. And the crazy thing was is Geno threw a pick on the first drive. Yeah. It wasn't his fault. Kind of a tight window. Did Lockie get interfered with? It was kind of a bang-bang play. Ball gets shot up in the air. It gets picked off. But guess who comes to play from the jump? The starting defense. Come out there. It was an Austin Eckler. Got about four carries to get a huge fourth down stop. Ryan Neal and Boye Mafia were leading the charge. Giving the ball to this offense, and on that first drive, or the second drive when they got the ball back, Seahawks capitalized, going eight plays, 68 yards, had a couple pass interference penalties, ending in a 20-yard touchdown to Marquise Goodwin. Really cool to see Goodwin, um, you know, have some success from that third receiver position on Sunday. Yeah, Goodwin, um, he saved the day. You know, especially when DK goes out with an injury, you're looking to say, all right, who's going to step up? And Marquise Goodwin was that guy. And the defense wasn't done. Ryan Neal would have an interception, which great. Looked like a robber look. He gets downhill, intercepts the football, tries to get some money afterwards. And that set up Ken Walker's first touchdown was a 12-yard touchdown. Nice little cutback. They made the score 14-0. And then DT has his mm. biggest play of the year, man. Bends the corner. Uh a strip fumble, a strip sack. He picks it up, goes 21 yards. That led to a field goal. Want to get seven out of it, but no, we'll take some points. And um, the Chargers will get back in the game. Austin Eckler scored a touchdown, then the Seahawks would fumble, and then that led to a 13-yard pass to Mike Wims, made the score 17-14. to 14. At this point, the game is still tight, and uh, plays still need to be made. Yeah, so it was a good thing the Seahawks built a little bit of a cushion, you know what I'm saying? They're playing a good team. The Chargers are a very good football team with a lot of good players. Chargers, obviously, you knew you were going to hold them down. You were going to shut them out. But like you said, the Seahawks stayed in it. They're up 17-14. A couple of possessions later, they go on another seven-play, 73-yard drive, ending in another Marquise Goodwin touchdown. So you're talking about saving the day. It's 24-14 to at the half with, you know, with a guy that's coming out and making plays without DK Metcalf. So you're feeling really good about this offense being up 10. They open the second half. Bump. 17 plays. Man. Took 10 minutes off the clock, okay? So, longest drive of the season. I think that's pretty safe to say there. But taking 10 plays off the clock and bump. Let's talk about this drive specifically for a little bit. Because this is the drive where there's a phantom false start. False start. On Austin Blythe. Doesn't move the football. Yeah. Doesn't do anything. No. So, it comes out of nowhere. It makes it third and 10. So, now there's a lot of chaos on the sideline. The refs are talking to Gino, talking to Pete. There's a little, you know, Gino's going back and forth. And then Pete just kind of looks at him, kind of brushes off. like, hey. We got this, like, be cool. We got you, dog. And then Gene goes, yup. Next play, boom, hits Lockett for a first down on third and 10. I mean, I just loved everything about that moment because Gino's fiery, but he's like, okay, I got you. And then has the coaches back, boom, gets the first down. So I just love the energy and, and, you know, the swag. And it just felt different to me offensively. It just felt different. Yeah, it felt different. And I love, I love Gino chirping to the charter sideline too. After Mm -hmm. that big play on third down. I'm like, let's go. I can get with you. Uh, so now they forced the Chargers to punt, but then they were backed up. And, and I think Paul Moyer and Brian Walters made a good point. Phil Turf doesn't react the same as grass. So they were saying, you know, typically your top, put your heels at eight to 10 yards. If you got to move backward, if you're a pump returner, be let that thing go. That's exactly what happened right there. But it landed so softly. And so the uh, sales were backed up on their own two yard line. And then the charges would get a safety. So um, 
that happens. But then Ken Walker has an opportunity to redeem himself and redeem that whole situation. What does he do? A little toss to the right. Bam, 74 yards. My guy ran 22.09 miles per hour, the fastest ball carrier in the league this year. And then the Chargers got some garbage time touchdown. They got some yards. It, it's going to look a bit prettier than it, norm, than it really was. But uh, the second half, man, the defense, the defense really held these, this Charger offense. It went punt, 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 downs. Garbage touchdown. The defense has another day. Despite the score, you're going to see the score and ask a lot of questions. But if you watch the game, you know how it really went down. Absolutely. It was 37-16. That game was done at that point. Ken Walker put stamp on it. Game was over. And really, before that, bump, the last drive of the first half was another punt. So the Seahawks defense, just to hold that Chargers offense to five straight punts, yes, you know, Keenan Allen didn't play as many reps as before, but he's still out there. Mike Williams is still a really, really good player. He doesn't get hurt till the very end of that game. So hats off to the defense because whatever between Pete Carroll, Clint Hurt, Sean Desai, Carl Scott, they got something figured out. For a while, there was a lot of doubt, but it just took takes a little bit of time, and I feel like we're finally on our way to seeing what the potential of this defense can really be. But let's get back into it talk about these playmakers. Touchdown, Seahawks! Playmakers. The guy we were just talking about, Geno Smith, 20 of 27, 210 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, QB rating of 105.5. With his two touchdowns in the first half, Geno tied John Freeze for ninth place on the Seahawks' all-time passing touchdown list with 16. Geno Smith leading this offense is now fifth in the NFL in scoring, averaging 26 points per game. And there's nothing else I can say about Geno that hasn't already been said. This man believed in himself. He's been consistent each and every single week. You know, you might be able to let some of the outside noise creep in when you're starting to have success, but he's the same dude as before. He's the same dude when everyone was saying he can't play quarterback when I believe one of those QB lists came out saying he was the 42nd best quarterback in the league or whatever it was. No, he's the same dude. Consistent doesn't matter. You're loving him. You're hating him. Gino's just out there playing well, efficient. Nothing rattles him. So love to see what we're seeing from Gino. Man, Gino's a cool cat right now. He gets fired up at the same time, but then he brings it back in when it's time to execute. Different type of leader, but I love it. Uh, Ken Walker, one of the playmakers, 23 carries, 168 yards and two touchdowns. Now his 74-yard run is the eighth longest run in franchise history. Honestly, there's been some great runs in franchise history. If the 74-yard run is the eighth longest run, I got a big up Sean Alexander. He got an 88-yarder in that thing. Um, Walker's 265 yards are the most in franchise history in a player's first two starts. We talk about that run. This guy ran 22.09 miles per hour. That's the fastest by a ball carrier this season, according to next-gen stats. Walker's the first Seahawk rookie with 150 yards and two rush touchdowns in a game since Moyer's guy, Kurt Warner and uh, he had some other runs too. He had a 34 yard run, a 21 yard run, breaking a lot of tackles. All he's missing now is just a big, uh, a big, a uh, big catch out the backfield or something, yeah. a screen or something like that, because he's doing everything he can to help this team win games, man, and stay in contention. Ken Walker's a beast, man. I can't, yeah. I can't sit here and think I would, I knew he was going to be a stud. I, I knew when we drafted him, I was excited, but what I wasn't sure was how quickly we were going to see this, right? Because, you know, Rashad Penny was getting all the carries and he was really starting to come on. But the fact that I, what I really like is that's two straight weeks with over 20 carries for Ken Walker. Yeah. So he's like, I can handle it, and, and you know, we're going to give him the rock. And I, I love to see it. too. Yeah, those, those thighs, man, oh, my goodness. And, 
and we talked about it the other day. When he's running, it doesn't feel like he's running that fast. Nah. But with the but the tell, and I've always noticed this when you guys who are really fast, you look at the guys chasing them. That's how you know guys are fast. Because when the dudes that are chasing them look like they're giving their all and they're moving and they're getting farther and farther behind, you're like, ooh, <laughs> that boy moving now. Moving. Marquise Goodwin, of course, he he was balling out too. Four receptions, 67 yards, two touchdowns. First game with a touchdown since week 10 of last season. And honestly, for me, the biggest thing was really good to see a receiver outside of DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett step up and really be a big part of this offense. You know, D. Eskridge had started to kind of do that last couple of weeks. I still think there's going to be good things for him in this offense. I know he had the fumble on the toss, but I still think he's going to be a guy that's going to contribute. So, again, good to see another number three receiver contribute offensively. Next up is Ryan Neal. Now, when the season started, there was another safety, Josh Jones, who was getting a lot of the reps. Um, Ryan was banged up a little bit. Now he's healthy. Last week, he had seven tackles, four passes defended, and one interception. He was on our show, uh, The Huddle, and pretty much predicted that he was going to have an interception. So it was nice to see that come to life. And um, he was one of the guys, too, when this defense was struggling, who was being completely transparent and putting pressure on himself and his teammates to step this thing up in the absence of Jamal Adams, man, Ryan Neal plays a big role and he, he's got to continue to do it. Done it every year, man. I, I saw him today in the locker room. I said, man, big play two, six. If you want a big play on defense, go find two, six. Cause he's always yes, around sir. the football. Last thing here for playmakers, this offensive line, man, Ray talked about, it. let's give him some love. It's a group effort. The Seahawks rushed for 214 yards on 34 carries, averaging 6.3 yards a carry. Also Cleo Mack or Cleo Mack any day where Cleo Mack is not in the backfield, making a ton of plays. Love to see. And the other thing I love to see, just one one other quick thing on this bump. So it's a run by Ken Walker, right? Yeah. Cleo Max kind of standing over him, trying to rip the football out, kind of just trying to punk the young rookie. And Ken Walker's yeah, like, yeah. nah, dog. That's not how, uh. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then everyone kind of got into it, which is funny. And then Cleo Max walking all across the sideline. Shelby Harris is just laughing. <laughs> right in his face, <laughs> laughing at him. So that's a good day up front. The big boys are killing the game. So I love to see what we're seeing there. Yeah, man. Big ups to the old line. They don't get a lot of love. So we always, uh, whenever we can, shout them out. All right, let's get to this wide receiver roundup. You talked about Marquise Goodwin. He was the man of the day, four for 67 and two touchdowns on five targets. Uncle Will Disley slowly having probably one of his better seasons, his rookie season. He scored a bunch of touchdowns early, then he gets banged up. But Uncle Will's making this thing go. Then Tyler Lockett at seven for 45. And people are going to look at his stat line and think he didn't do much, but he has some crucial third down catches, especially on that 17 play drive that we we're talking about. Clutch catches for this guy. Kobe Parkinson had one of the biggest, or had the biggest pass play of the day. Nice little misdirection out the backfield. He had one catch for 28. Before DK went down, he had one for 12, almost scored a great touchdown. Noah Fant had one for seven. DJ Dallas didn't talk about him. He had two for six, but he also had 38 yards rushing as well. DJ Dallas is going to have to be um, that number two running back in this offense now. Without question. I think there's good stuff from DJ. We've seen it quite frankly, all season. We saw in the preseason, he's kind of stepping in there to kind of assist with Ken Walker, but Travis Homer's another guy that looks to come off the IR, hopefully this week, so we'll keep you posted there on that. But let's get into the coach's corner. We've talked about it all day. We've talked about this man, Ken Walker, the 74-yard touchdown run that sealed the ball game. First and 10, toss to Walker, goes right side, has a little running room, Parkinson out front. Here comes up the sideline. He's on the run, 40, down to the 30. I don't think so. 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Seahawks, 74 yards. The Seahawks get the ball on downs. 
and nobody got a whiff. And he is in to stretch this lead. What a back. A great play call. The Seahawks now lead 36 to 16. Man, this uh, there's not a lot to this design, but there's a lot that went down. So they're in a, a three tight end set. You got two tight ends to the left, one to the right. Uncle Will's to the right. You motion Kobe Parkinson over, and then Gino tosses to the motion side. What I think people didn't really recognize here, Will Disley is supposed to seal that edge right there. And I guarantee you, Kobe Parkinson is supposed to get outside of Uncle Will Disley and escort the youngster up the field. But what happens is, that guy over Will Disley gets so wide that Kobe Parkinson plays football and he goes in between Uncle Will and Abe Lucas. And when he does that, he helps out Uncle Will with his block, right? Uncle Will has hands on him. He's in control, but boom, hits him in the shoulder. Now that guy drops to the ground, helps Uncle Will get a pancake. And then you look at, again, D. Eskridge, again involved on another big run. I think that's why one of the reasons why this young man is getting more playing time because they know he can block. He's feisty. He gets on that safety, and now you have Colby Parkinson on the corner on the outside, gets just enough, and the rest is just speed, man. When you have this guy in the backfield, Ken Walker, with vision and with speed, sometimes all you got to do is get in a guy's way and let him read your block. And uh, that was explosive, man. We saw this play. We were excited. Didn't realize how fast the young man was running, but this was a great pickup for the Seattle Seahawks. He continues to prove it every week. I love everything you said there, Bump. It was spot on. And you mentioned D. Eskridge. That's another one. The first two times I watched his play, I wasn't really looking at him. He completely takes the safety out of the play. Done. Yeah. Absolutely. Just that's that's you can't ask for anything more than that from receiver blocking downfield, setting guys up. For Colby Parkinson, who a lot of the knock on him coming in was, you know, he's just a pass catcher, right? Out of Stanford. Not anymore this offseason. He put on a ton of weight, and now he is, a, he is a factor in the run game. He gets two blocks on this play alongside Uncle Will. Noah Fan on the backside of this play. Everyone just doing their job, and then Ken Walker being the athlete that he is. A normal dude, it's a nine-yard game tackled right. on the sideline. Ken mm-hmm. Walker, every single time he touches the ball, it's a home run potential. And if you are a defensive back or if you're anyone in the backfield, your angles better be on point because this man is running. So I'm a I'm I'm petty too. I'm glad that uh Murray Jr. didn't get him because he had a pick to start the game and he was flexing. He was mm-hmm. man, he he was soaking it all in. So yep, I'm petty. He outran him. Our number nine outran their number nine. Oh yeah, and he, he outran him by a lot. He outran him by about 15 yards. So <laughs> great to see. We got a special player in Ken Walker, number nine. Love to see it. And what I also love to see is getting in that formation. That means you won the football game. Here comes the Seahawks offense onto the field and the Vikings defense trudging out there knowing that one kneel down and the Seahawks are going to wind the clock down and win this one. It's the victory formation on Hawk Talk. Like we said to start the show, this was the most balanced effort by the Seahawks all season long. Defense played well, offense played well, special teams played well, did not give up the big play, things were good. You know what I'm saying? So love to see what we saw from this team. Just balance. That's what Pete Carroll preaches. They love to see balance. All three phases of the game played well against a good Chargers team down in L.A. Yeah, and I think I want to say the biggest play from scrimmage for the Chargers was a 24-yard touchdown to Mike Williams. Um, so it was not a 50-yarder, not an 81-yarder, not these big plays that we've seen over the years. So good for them. We mentioned this guy. We'll do it again, man. Ken Walker, he showed that this second-round pick was perfect. All right, 168 on 23 carries. He continues to do his thing. 
And then Geno efficient, 74% completion percentage, 20 to 27, two touchdowns. He played with energy. He played with some fire, but he also was composed when he needed to be composed. Geno, man, I, I wonder if nationally he's getting the respect that he deserves because regionally you can't deny it. So I can't wait to, to sit down and watch sports center tonight and hopefully they, they gas my guy up. It's starting to everything I've seen, whether it's NFL live, whether it's get up, there's enough people talking about him or Stephen A. Smith talking about him. So it's slowly starting to get there. You know what I'm saying? So love to see what we're seeing there. And I think a guy who's that consistent, if his name wasn't, if he had a different name and people didn't already have their minds made up about who he was, they would be saying, wow, that guy's in the MVP race, period. Yep. If you look at the numbers and what he's done to get the Seahawks team to where it's at, anyone would be like, oh, he's absolutely the MVP race. So not saying Gino's going to win an MVP, but he's playing at that level. And I think as weeks go on, we're going to get more recognition from that. I just talked about a second ago, the offensive line played really well, kept Gino upright for most of the game, only gave up two sacks. Khalil Mack had zero of them. So got a level we're seeing there. This offense we're just seeing the beginning of what they can do. Their potential and their ceiling is incredibly high. Ryan Neal, man, he's playing at a very high level. He's playing like a starter in this league. I know people probably view him as a backup, but um, this is why you have depth, especially in the secondary with all the struggles they've had in the past. Ever since Ryan Neal's come along, all he's done is make plays like you mentioned earlier. And then Seahawks won two games in a row for the first time all year. That means it's the first time you and I are getting in the victory formation Back-to-back weeks. Mm -hmm. Let's make it three. Absolutely. Huge game for the Seahawks, taking down the Chargers, 37-23. Huge game at Lumen Field next week against the New York Giants, who are 6-1. Yes, the New York Giants, 6-1 for the first time since, I believe, the early 2000s. might have been 04. So we'll see. Hopefully, the Seahawks can get it done on Sunday. We'll be back with you on Wednesday with a preview edition, giving you everything you know about the Giants. He's Michael Bumpus. I'm Nasa Chobi. Remember, you can catch us anywhere, Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Sirius XM, and more. Seahawks beat the Chargers 37-23. Talk to you on Wednesday.